Would you please stand? Please be seated. On behalf of this wonderful family, I'd like to express their appreciation for your being here today. We have many that are watching online as well, and we appreciate you being a part of this memorial service uh, for our brother and our friend Harold Denman. Uh, the way this service will, will go, we have pre-recorded uh, music that will be played, some wonderful Christian hymns and songs that mean a great deal to this family, that meant a great deal to Harold, and, uh, and you're welcome to sing along with that, but you're also welcome to just appreciate the music where you are. This might not be a bad uh, time to check that cell phone and make sure that it is either off or on silence, uh, but again, today we want you... Uh, to participate in our remembering uh, this great, great man, this very joyful uh, spirit. And uh, we appreciate everyone and the family I know appreciates all the acts of kindness that have been shown to them and, and that will be in the days ahead.
Good afternoon. My name is Donnie Carnathan. I am the benevolent minister here at West Irwin. And the only significance of that fact is that, <laughs> is that when Harold retired from his CPA work, he came to work for me. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Now, I had known Harold for a lot longer than that. He was a member of our small group, and uh, I, I came to just love Harold as much as you do. And uh, uh, it was such a pleasure to have him there at the Benevolent Center. And so I want to spend a few moments. Uh, Shirley said I would have a captive audience, and I could take all the time I need. <laughs> but my observations of Harold, and I've just got five or six. I don't have very long, very much to say. But I think the most noteworthy thing I can say about Harold is that that I loved him, and he loved me. And and I tell you why I know that because we told each other that numerous times. <laughs> and I can't tell you the, how many times, how many hugs I've gotten from Harold. And uh, I knew that by the way Harold treated me. And uh, it was just a pleasure for him to be around. And in the span of our friendship, we, we came to have some common ground. And we both had a little problem with authority at sometimes, you know, in our life. And uh, Harold and I worked for 15 women over at our benevolence center. <laughs> and these women treated us just like their husbands. Now, before you go, oh, that is so sweet. <laughs> I'm talking about the husbands that they told us what to do <laughs> and didn't mind telling us what to do. And Harold and I combined, you know, we've been around the block a few times, and we had maturity, and we were seasoned young men, so Harold and I did exactly what they said. <laughs> but we got out in our little building, and we let them have it back when they couldn't hear us. <laughs> so that's what me and Harold did together. We sat out there, and that's when that was our common ground. We griped a little bit to each other. But Harold loved it. He loved working at the Benevolence Center, and I loved having Harold there. He did anything I asked him to do. Uh, we have totes that are kind of heavy. We put totes up all the time. We put chairs up and down, tables up and down, and, and Harold just, he wanted to do it just the way I wanted to have it done. And I have never had anybody do me that way, so it was it was kind of nice, and and Harold just loved it, and he just uh, he always smiling, always laughing, always cutting up, and and I told him I said Harold, when you know if you decide to go into another line of work, I will give you a good recommendation on chair putting up, because <laughs> you can do it, and he told me I said he loved me for that, and so he said I could do that. But what Harold did that was so special to me, more than anything else in that Benevolence Center was, he treated everyone, everyone that came in the Benevolence Center with dignity, with respect, and with kindness. And especially the children. A, children, a child could not get by Harold without 
that Harold jumping around, making faces at them, trying to make them laugh, shaking their hands, whatever, scaring most of them to death. I'll admit that. But he had the best time doing that. But Harold was exactly the kind of person I needed to work at that benevolence center. And he loved what he did. But if I could sum up in one word, Harold in the, in the benevolence center, that word would be loud. <laughs> and the family's chuckling because I know they know what I'm talking about. Harold was loud. He came in that back door and you knew he was there. He was telling jokes. He was cutting up. He was laughing. He brought joy into the place. But there's other words that I could use to describe Harold at the Benevolent Center. Words like laughter and words like joy. Uh, pleasure to be around. I know that's more than one, but I can take my ministerial rights and stretch it out. He was just, like I said before, just like the kind of worker I needed at that benevolent center. And so before I read this obituary, I, I want to share uh, some scriptures with you. And as a, a minister who has done some funerals in my time, it is always nice to be able to find passages that describe that person just perfect. And I think these in, from Colossians 3 speak of Harold so much. Paul wrote, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things that are of this earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And I think Harold did all he could to show Christ to others. I believe that with all my heart. When Christ who is in your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Dropping down to verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, Humility, meekness, and patience. What a great description of Harold, isn't it? <laughs> Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful that the word of Christ dwell richly in you. I think Harold studied those scriptures and knew that's what God wanted him to be. And he did his very best to live that kind of life. Harold was born on Friday the 13th. I didn't know that till I read that. <laughs> I could just I can imagine the fun Harold had with that. Harold was born on Friday the 13th in December of 1935 in Grapeland, Texas. On the date he frequently reminded friends was his lucky day. He spent the early years in Grapeland before his family moved to Carthage, Texas, when he was 16. He graduated from Carthage High School and entered the United States Air Force. And man, did I hear about those Air Force days. <laughs> uh, and his stories and 
and he was in charge of who got stationed where, and everybody just treated him so good because of that. And he had the biggest smile. And I'll tell you what, I thank, I thank Harold for his service. Traveling home to Carthage on leave from Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, he met the love of his life, Shirley Ruth Davis, and married her in 1958, beginning a marital romance that would last 63 years. Nothing was deeper, truer, or more faithful than their lifelong love for each other. Harold went on to receive his bachelor's degree from Abilene Christian University, subsequently becoming a certified public accounting. After moving to Tyler in 61, he began his career with, uh, was it Squires? Is that how I say it? Squires? Johnson and Squires, they CPAs eventually leaving after three years to start his own firm and ultimately began a successful professional partnership with fellow CPA Shirley Carson. At the time of his retirement from Denman and Carson CPAs, he had served Tyler in the surrounding communities as a trusted CPA for some 55 years. Harold and Shirley were members of the West Urban Church of Christ in Tyler where Old Harold was known for his easygoing nature, his sense of humor, and a talent for turning strangers into friends. He was also known for his stories. <laughs> he had so many stories, and he loved telling them, too. He loved them so much he repeated them a lot. <laughs> he did. Oh, he was a man of deep faith, amen, who knew how to mix love and laughter with those around him. He loved his family, amen to that, and especially enjoyed his grandchildren, his nieces and nephews, and great-grandchildren. He also enjoyed working at the West Urban Church of Christ Benevolence Center and helping others. Nothing gave him more satisfaction than spending time with his family, visiting with friends and neighbors, and making people laugh, and eating ice cream. I saw a lot of ice cream go <laughs> down there. Harold was preceded in death by his parents, Bud and Lloyd Denman. He is survived by his wife, Shirley, his son, Steve Denman, and wife, Diane, his son, Stan Denman, and wife, Lisa, and his daughter, Jeannie Ates, and husband, Terrence. He is also survived by six cherished grandchildren and six great-grandchildren. He's also survived by two younger brothers, Gene Denman and wife, Jackie, Daryl Denman, and wife Elaine. Let's pray before we go on. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for the weather you've given us. We thank you for the sunshine, which reminds me so much of Harold and the sun that he, he showed every day of his life. We thank you for this family. We ask your blessings upon them. And just pray that you will help them fill the hole that was Harold in their life. And that will be a, a, a great hole to fill. I thank you for his laughter, his joy, his heart more than anything else. And his desire to, to please and love mankind. Thank you for what he meant to this family. And more importantly, thank you for what he meant to you. And as his example, what he meant to West Irwin. Father, you are a great God. We love you so much. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Amen.
Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Psalm 116, verse 15. During a time of loss, during a time of joy, during a time of prayer, during a time of need, during a time of mourning, during a time of worship, the words of the psalmist become our worship leaders, our song leaders, our prayer leaders, and give us great comfort. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From where shall my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. A more current poet has written this. A bell is no bell till you ring it. A song is no song till you sing it. And love in your heart wasn't put there to stay. Love isn't love till you give it away. Harold gave away his love. He gave away his love with his smile. He gave away his love with his service. He gave away his love with the many memories that his family and friends will always have. Harold's family describes him as a jokester who is also sentimental. I think those two words came out as I met with some of the family, visited with them. He was a jokester and he was sentimental. I think all who knew him know that this is a great description of old Harold. The jokester part is clear. It is exactly why that picture was selected. You've been wondering that, haven't you? That was the exact right picture to have for Harold Denman. 
And this family knew that. This picture of him in the overalls and the straw hat striking a pose. He loved to make people laugh. On his wedding day, Stan said that his father told him that he wanted to tell him something. So he listened closely, expecting some profound bit of wisdom from his father on how to be a good husband and have a long-lasting marriage. And Harold told him, never get anything you have to feed or paint. (laughs) As Donnie shared, Harold was in the Air Force, and he and I would chat sometimes about his time there in basic training at San Antonio at Lackland Air Force Base. San Antonio is mine and Joyce's hometown. And like us, Harold and Shirley were married in San Antonio. Harold had a great job in the Air Force, typing transfer orders. He was a good typist because he had taken it in high school. Why did he do that? I asked Shirley that, and she said, why the girls, of course. Harold was the only boy with 43 girls in that class, and he was the second fastest typist. So that's where the Air Force put him at a typewriter. And sometimes someone would come to him and offer him money to transfer them to a certain place. And he would take that into consideration, but not in the way that they had in mind. He would send them to the most remote place he could find. In fact, Shirley said the higher the bribe, the farther away he'd send them. When Harold was first in the Air Force, one of the leaders of the South Sand Church of Christ found out that he was a member of the church, found his barracks, knocked on his door, and told him he was going with him to church that day. Another time when he was attending a small church in the area, he was told, you're preaching next Sunday. And so began a lifetime of joyful service in the Lord's church. Harold and Shirley were involved in the church all their lives together, including Harold serving as an elder at the Omen Road Church of Christ here in Tyler. They have both been very active with our West Irwin Church family, having been members here for about 40 years. As Donnie shared, they have faithfully served in our benevolent ministry and in other areas of church life as well. All our members knew, everyone that knew old Harold knew that he would always have a quick joke, and many times it was one that you'd heard before. Personally, I always loved seeing Harold and Shirley at church and chatting for just a moment with Harold afterward. He would always say the same thing. He'd compliment the sermon, and then he'd chuckle and he'd say, you know, Bill, you're going to make a fine preacher one day. Harold was a kind man, and he was kind to everyone, everyone. He and Shirley would buy big boxes of peaches at Sam's, and he would go to his neighbors, especially those who were widows, and give them some. He would give away the cherry tomatoes that they would grow themselves. Harold loved the simple things like walking out on their yard or property, picking up sweet gumballs. In fact, they had been out mowing just a few weeks before he fell. And did he ever love his family, especially his grandkids and great-grandkids? He would dance with them to Hooked On Classics. He'd get a carton of ice cream, and they'd each have a spoon and eat right out of the carton, and the kids thought that was the best. 
He could often be seen with his lap full of two or three kids and a bunch of stuffed animals and other toys. Just this past June, he was pulling the little ones around in a wagon. He would tease them and say, y'all are so heavy. They loved their papa, and he loved them. Shirley says her husband was always easygoing, patient, and didn't lose his temper. And he was always positive, but he was smart about that, too. When she would say something about needing to lose some weight, Harold would say, I'm not going to touch that subject. (laughs) If she made something to eat and it didn't turn out quite right or he just didn't like it and she asked him about it, Harold would say, it wouldn't be my favorite meal and leave it at that. Sometimes Harold and Shirley would get in the car and just drive around and talk and be with each other. Just a few months ago, they went on a road trip with no clear destination in mind, no time limit. They took the side roads and the country roads. They drove out to the hill country. They were gone four days. They just drove and talked and looked at the beautiful countryside, just enjoying God's creation, enjoying being together. Harold and Shirley would make the bed together most every morning, and he would fix her coffee. And that's actually what he was doing when he fell. Though she had specifically told him to wait for her before she went down the hall, still he got up so that he could make his beloved her morning coffee. He loved the old song by the Platters, My Prayer. Before they even were married, Harold told Shirley, that's our song. And these are the words. When the twilight is gone and no songbirds are singing, when the twilight is gone, you come into my heart. And here in my heart, you will stay while I pray. My prayer is to linger with you. At the end of the day, in a dream that's divine, my prayer is a rapture in blue. With the world far away and your lips close to mine, tonight while our hearts are aglow, Oh, tell me the words that I'm longing to know. My prayer and the answer you give, may they still be the same for as long as we live, that you'll always be there at the end of my prayer. And she is. They had this thing that some others do. Many couples do this. One says, I love you, and the other one responds, I love you more. Harold told Shirley that one day he may not recognize her and might ask her, who are you? Shirley told him, that's okay, I'll just remind you. The last time Shirley saw Harold, just hours before he died, he asked her, who are you? And she said, I'm your wife, and I love you. And he responded, I love you more than you love me the perfect remembrance of his bride of 63 years, his lifelong companion, and of their love for each other. I love you more than you love me. At the end of his life, the Apostle Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. 
certainly Harold has that great crown of life. As Jesus met with his closest disciples the night before he was crucified, he comforted them knowing he was going to be taken away from them. And his words comfort us today. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Surely Harold has that mansion. And one day we will all join him and our Lord there. The Bible ends with a great promise of our eternal home and the victory we have in Jesus. It closes the story of scripture with the promise of being with the Lord forever. It's these words and this great hope of heaven that we have sung about today that give us comfort and strength, looking back on our brother and his life of faith and joy and love. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Let's bow for prayer. Father God, we praise you as our creator the creator of this world, the creator of life. You spoke it into being. You breathed into us the breath of life, and we became living souls. You created this world around us, and you saw, Father, that we had separated ourselves from you because of our own selfishness and sinfulness. And you provided the way at great cost for us to be reconciled to you. To once again be in relationship with our maker. And the price, that great price, was the blood of your own son. And so we praise you, Father, for our salvation. And we praise you, Father, that you have continued to have a presence among us through your Holy Spirit. You have continued to give us the guidance of your word. You have continued to give us the encouragement that we have through your church. And Father, you've blessed us over and over again with people in our lives that demonstrate that great life, that great faithfulness, that great hope, that great joy. And we're here today, Father, because Harold Denman was one of those. 
to each of us. Father, today we pray a special prayer of blessing, of comfort, of strength for his family, for surely for their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, for his brothers, for all this family, for all who are close to him, who will miss him, who will miss that smile, who will miss those same jokes, who will miss that wonderful servant spirit that reeked with joy. Father, we ask that you would bless these today that mourn and give them comfort and strength and an awareness of the blessing of your spirit. We're thankful, Father, for those who have rallied around them, who will continue to care for them. And Lord, we just ask that as we um, remember Harold today, that in the days and nights ahead, we will remember his family that he has left here that will miss him. And we pray, Father, that in the days ahead, that we too will be challenged and that we will remember to live a life of sentimental value of love and of the great joy that we have because of your son, Christ Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.